Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Planiverse. I am Karina Tovmasian and I'm your co-host today with my other co-host, the wonderful Steve Morton. Hello, Steve. Hello and good afternoon. We are recording episode 87 seriously out there in the numbers of when it comes to how many episodes have you done. Yes, we've done now up to 86 and now is plus one is 87. Today's episode is brought to you by the issues of not knowing what to declutter, when to declutter, how to declutter, what's the difference between organizing and decluttering, and is it worth having or creating empty space for the sake of the first class lifestyle? We're going to be crunching in all of these topics and discussing number one, how you can use your planner to create more effective space in your life or how to establish space for the first class lifestyle, um, what to call, when to call, and what is the difference between decluttering versus just being more organized? Isn't it the same thing? I mean, how does, how does all of that come through? And one of the, the, episodes of our lives between my friend and I here that that sparked this conversation was that Steve wrote to me about a week and a half ago and he said oh you're never gonna believe this I bought another iMac because his had conked out (laughs) and uh, I was very excited for him having having had that experience of receiving a new iMac and I said what are you doing how are you gonna handle it he goes oh I'm gonna clear up my entire desk space and I said "Ooh." That's interesting. I've never heard Steve say something like that. Where is this coming from? So it occurred to me that this is in fact in line with my planner makes me want to be a better person. It's the same concept that when we find a device or an item like a planner or a computer or whatever we think is going to create the space that we want to create in our lives or that we envision for ourselves, then we are inspired to create the space around it, to make the space around it match up and align with what our vision is of having this wonderful space for this item. Steve, what was what was your initial reaction when when you decided to make the space or come to came to that conclusion? It was it was quite amusing, really, because now I think back about it, it's it sort of one thing you know it was like a sort of domino effect to a sort of bring in this new computer sort of thing because the last i don't know how many months it is now four you know four or five months i've been using a sort of macbook with a big external monitor basically the, the same as the imac in a way i've basically waiting for the new model imacs to come out so you know, I didn't buy the last year's model and what have you. So I thought, well, I can make do and mend sort of thing. And basically, the the the, the monitor just slotted into the same space my old um, iMac um, slotted into. So I didn't really bother too much about the rest of my desk space. It was just as cluttered as ever. And um, I thought, well, you know, when it came to the when push came to shove. And my new machine arrived. I thought, well, hold on a minute. We've got to really have a bit of a sort out here because this has got to move. You know, the the monitor's got to move um, to a different space to replace another monitor. And it was just one thing, you know, 
just sort of rolled over into the next and I thought, oh no, I've got to do this, then I've got to do that. Uh, hold on, monitor won't go underneath the cupboard, so I've got to adjust the, the height of the cupboard slightly. Oh, hold on, this cupboard's full, I've got to empty the cupboard to do that. So it, it was so one it, of these Actually, in things. fact, so what it is is just um, years and years of living normally, right? Have just yeah. sort of caught up with you when you realize that you wanted Basically. to make this change. And I think that's very true because that happens to me a lot too. I don't realize we become numb or we become desensitized to the things that we own. And I've taken mm. a real, really uh, in-depth look at the things that I own since I recently moved and I moved from a larger home to a smaller home. Suddenly, everything is so much easier and so much more accessible. And I don't lose people in the house now. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> I, I like that. But I have found myself with uh, duplicates, triplicates, quadruplicates of items that I didn't think I owned. Um, mostly uh, beauty products, hair products, that sort of thing. That sort of uh, they hang out in handbags or they hang out in um, places where I think I would need an extra comb, for example, or an extra hairbrush. But I find myself all of a sudden with six hairbrushes. I don't need that. I have one head. <laughs> I have three combs in the cupboard. And how much hair have I got? <laughs> Well, and this is why I like Marie Kondo's concept, right? So we're bringing this back to Marie Kondo because she really gets the process and the difference between organizing something versus decluttering something. When you're organizing something, you're just putting things together so that you know where to find them. Or as you said, Steve, when he had, he said he had um, all these pens and papers and whatever on his desk mm. and he organized them. Well, that's just still organized clutter all you've done is you've put things so that they're just neat. Real, yeah. Yeah. That, that doesn't mean you've, you've simplified your life or you've called or you've minimized. So the distinction that Marie does is that she asks you to bring each one of those separate categories or contexts together. Mm. And so that you can sort through them with all of them present. And that way you're not wondering why all of a sudden do I find another pen in another room when you've brought all of the other ones together. All Bring all the pens together and then call them. That's, that's the goal with her. Bring all your clothes together in one room and then call them. Bring all your books together and then call them. And so it's by category or context that she sets these things up. Um, so... What would you say for you, as far as your planner goes, Steve? Do you have, have you ever had moments when your planner just becomes overpopulated with items that you think you're going to need one day, but then you just never use? Well, it, it, that's a sort of a, a sort of an ongoing thing, really, isn't it? I quite often find that I've added um, sort of pages of information and, and stuff like that to various sections of the planner that at the time I thought oh that'll be useful to have um, to hand sort of thing and maybe you use it quite a lot for say the first six months and then you're very reluctant naturally to actually discard things yeah um, later on and you know I quite often um now go through the information but the, the the classic example was when you meant suggested in a previous episode having a table of contents of your information pages oh yeah I actually yeah. went off and did that yeah and that was in a it's way it's great isn't it 
was was not only a good way of sort of homing in on what I actually had in there, but it was also right. a good check against do I still right. need this in there? You know, has this gone past its sell by date? Do I still need this information sort of thing? So I, I did have a bit of a clear out um, at, at that time. But it, it's certainly um, something I, you know, at least do once a year now. But, you know, the, going back to the desk thing, I, it was just um, a great monumental um, mess, basically, my desk. If you, you looked at it, it was just, and I've shared photos of it in the past, compared to what it looks like now, it's just, um, you know, it's almost as if we've just moved in because there's, and everybody's going to say, well, where's all the stuff? Is it still in the boxes sort of thing? <laughs> because well, I... <laughs> it's so much clearer now. I, I find the same thing when someone suggested to me that not uh, not to keep appliances on the kitchen counter and actually keep them in the cupboards. I thought, oh, yeah. who has time for that? Who has time to take things out and put, plug them back in? And, you know, surprisingly, mm. I don't use all of my appliances all the time. The only one that really stays mm. out is the coffee maker and the toaster. Coffee maker for my husband, toaster for me and the dog. <laughs> and everything else basically gets tucked in. It, it mm. stays into a cupboard and all of a sudden I have all this counter space. And when I want to do or use an appliance, I just pull it out and it back it goes. As soon as it gets cleaned up, back it goes. So there is a sense of creating visible emptiness. There is a sense mm. of creating this... Um, empty space and knowing that I can wrap my head around how many items of X I own. Mm. So how many appliances, how many pairs of socks, how many pairs of pants, however, however many of anything. Uh, and there is a sense of calmness that comes from that and knowing that everything's been put together. And, and maybe it is, of course, I've publicly acknowledged that I do suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. So maybe there is a sense of, <laughs> I always try to gate, I don't use myself as the litmus test, but that's why I have my friend Steve here. Because when I saw that he actually enjoyed the process and he explained to me that sitting here with his empty cupboards now or having organized and sorted through his cupboards that are slightly less empty now than they were yeah. <laughs> about two weeks ago <laughs> that, there is, <laughs> that there is a sense of um calmness or i don't know i'm going to let him mm. speak for himself what would you say steve what is the difference between what you have now well, versus the, what you the main thing is is sort of coming to terms with you know things and keep coming back to pens because they're the sort of mm. things that you know we all gain pens or we buy them because we like particular new pen that's come on the market or something right but you know when was the last time you had a pen that actually ran out on you that you'd been using consistently for you know more than six months or something you know they just don't seem to run out these days they seem to keep going on and on and on right my fountain pen i keep topping up but that's about the only one that regularly needs resupplying with ink sort of thing but um i've did gather together a lot of the pens that i had and they've now sorted into one area. What I haven't done yet is actually go through them and work out which ones work, which ones don't work. But that's a, a job that I've noted down for for doing at a later date sort of thing. But at least they're all in the one place now. Yeah. That's, that's the, a well, good Well, and, the, and the, the difference that Marie Kondo says is, so you're using the logical approaches, which ones work and which ones don't, and that's fine. Mm. 
um, when it comes to something less uh, emotional, I mean, or more emotional, I should say, let's say like memorabilia or mm. things that we have uh, emotional ties to, it, it would it would make sense. And I think I agree with Marie on this is to kind of look at things and say, well, which ones still make you happy? I don't know if pens, there are some pens that I look at and they make me happier than others. So in other words, if I look at a certain pen and I've had it for the last 10 years and it's not working, well, it's they're not really something I want to reach for every time I go into my pen pot. But uh, if I could, that, that would be an easy choice to get rid of that. And similarly, though, with uh, books or with items of clothing, if there's something that you haven't worn, and I, I draw the line at six months. I know that's kind of short. But people say, well, you need a year at least to see if you haven't used something. Mm -hmm. And then they have the whole, you know, turn your hangers around. And if you haven't turned the hangers around at the end of the year, then you have blah, 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 that whole thing. Uh, well, really, okay, but what if you what if you do go to fancy schmancy balls once a year and you do need your ball gowns, right, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I don't, I don't have the one year policy. I have the six month policy. If I haven't looked at mm. it, touched it, wanted it, needed it, uh, tried to use it in six months out, it goes. And unless there is a huge sentimental attachment to it for me, uh, which I rarely have, usually a photo or something that has more sensibility to, to being, having an emotional connection than a pen, for example. Mm. Um, but so, but you didn't answer the question. So how did you feel sat at your desk today or yesterday compared to two weeks well, after, prior when? Yeah. After this sort of, um, sort of, sort of constantly doing various jobs and whatever, not actually, I've been using the machine, obviously, um, but it's been nice to sort of sit down and sort of take stock of things and sort of bring things up to date and one one of the things i ended up doing was going through the applications saying right which of these applications on the pc do i actually have a, you know you gain you gather those things and apps on your phone mm -hmm. just as you know easily don't you and you start to think well you know some of them you don't even recognize the name or what they even do yeah. sometimes <laughs> you have to yeah. sort of think for a minute and think well do i still need that and that's another sort of area in its own in itself but um, i call those the moving bits in our lives that's the moving bits yeah. of my life right there's apps there's papers there's pens there's everything that sort of yeah. uh, flies around you and orbits around mm. the life that you encompass I've, I've certainly started um not letting it sort of get on top of me that's the important thing you could easily let this thing sort of think that oh no i'm never going to be able to get all this done it's just too much what i've done is i've started putting just a little to-do list and just note the things down that are sort of manageable in a manageable sort of chunk of size you know you've got half an hour here or an hour there mm -hmm. and then you can sort of turn your attention to that, those things and sort of right i'll do that little um basket right. of pens that, uh, you know in this thing or i've got these instruction books that i've discovered um that were in in a cupboard that shouldn't have been there because they should be with all the other instruction books that they're, they're just in a neat pile with them ready to be filed at some point you know it's it's a five minute job but 
at the time I just thought, no, I'm just going to put that where I want to get to bed. <laughs> you know, end right. Of day. And there, there is a sense of procrastination that takes over when we realize that, um, as you said earlier, right, we talked about decluttering the house. Nobody ever writes down decluttering the house or, or we do. Mm. And then we fall short of ever having achieved that goal because mm. that's the name of the project. It's not the name of the task. Mm. Right. We yep. said this earlier, if you want to declutter your house, that's fine. Great. But put that as the project head. That is not a tasking you undertake. The taskings are, as you said, the the manuals that you found or the instruction mm. manuals, put them where they belong or call them and see if you're still using them or if you still need them. Many of them can still be downloaded today. I mean, if you mm. need something. Mm. And the idea behind that is that if if you've got a five minute project, that you know is going to take five minutes for you to mm. take those instruction manuals, mm. put that on what I call the rainy day list. If the weather yeah. is inclement and you're not doing anything, pull out that list of things that you can do when the weather is inclement and, and just mm. start tackling those. And you'll see, as you say, Steve, if you have them in short little manageable lists, mm. eventually in a month, you'll be better off than you were today. If you, you just mm. have to start because a month is going to go by anyway. This is where I find that the planner for me um, comes into this sort of category, this sort of overall thing in the sense that I can note down these small things, mm -hmm. then they don't get forgotten about because I've got a brain like a sieve when it comes to memorising lots and lots of things that need doing. There's always things to do. And I can't keep keep my head around everything. But if I've got it down, written down in front of me, I can see these things and it reminds me, oh, I still haven't done this or I haven't got, done that. And it right. just gives me that little memory jerker. And you get that wonderful sense of achievement when you tick off one of those items. There's nothing sure. more annoying than doing something that wasn't on a list almost. <laughs> Sure. And I would say for anybody that's thinking about tackling a big declutter process for their home or for someone else or for a friend, use your planner and set it up as a project. Everybody always sees those project tabs. Some people don't even know what they're for. That's what this is for. So mm. I would set up a project of decluttering X home or whatever it is. And then start going if you want to do room by room, which is just the process by which you've agreed that you're going to declutter, not the Marie Kondo process. Yeah, I just want to make that clear. Marie Kondo specifically says don't go room by room because you're bringing all like items together so that you can distinguish six hairbrushes from one. Um, but if you're going to declutter and you need some kind of uh, blueprint to go by and to say, well, what have I achieved today? Then you can start talking about rooms. And so you can say, well, we've done the office or we've done the desk. And, and then the, you're going to go back and forth on these little lists because they're not all going to mm. be in consecutive order. And some of these can be done in parallel sequence as well. I, I would even go sort of stage further of actually possibly setting up a complete section of your planner yeah. purely for this. You know, I agree. If you do have something as big as declutter your house, or any other, you know, you know, sort out the garden that's overgrown or whatever. Um, set up a specific tab for that task and take some time to sit down with your planner. And it, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, just right. you know, simple to do list is as basic as you get, really, isn't it? Of noting down those things you know initially just brainstorm just stick everything down and then if you need to rewrite it in a specific order be it in terms of 
context of items or um, in room order or room is a heading and then what you're going to do in that room and and so on and so on Mm -hmm. it helps you get to sort of grips with the thing and and break it down into sort of sizable chunks of of time because you know we've all got always got so much to do in our lives already and this is just a mountain on top of it if 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 not if you're not careful Um, Uh, yeah and and i think if you take a look at the list that you do initially if you do like a brain dump and just Mm. put down every annoying thing that you have found that needs to be repaired those (laughs) will come quickly because they've been gnawing at you for the last however number of months yeah and i tell you this truthfully for everyone listening out there in the planetverse the things that are gnawing at you are the things that are keeping you from having great ideas. If mm. you're busy thinking about things that are bothering you, you're not thinking about or you're not giving your brain the space to think about fantastic ideas. And I, this is why the planners come in so handy. Whether you use a digital planner on this or, or paper is irrelevant. As long as you have some form of recording everything and getting it out of your head and onto a recording device yeah if you i personally mm. steve and i both prefer paper when it comes to this but there's times when i prefer my omnifocus if i know i'm going to have for example a seasonal um change that has to happen mm. uh, because there's no sense in repeating that i i can also have a written list of that and just refer to it but that's just a personal preference so t- having that initial brain dump of things that irritate you is great to clear your head but as you go through and you put that list aside your brain is suddenly going to come up with oh i know what else needs to be done to the house oh i know Mm. i thought of i just thought of six other things that i'd like to add to that list that's (laughs) why it's important to have them written down because the hand eye coordination that happens when we physically write things down maps them Mm. from your brain out of your brain and onto the paper and this mapping doesn't occur when you use a digital planner and so you're actually able to solve these problems. Your brain is working on solving these issues while you're not thinking about them simply because you've written them down on paper. And that's a huge thing. If you think about it, how fu- fabulously functional our brains are, that you could write an issue down, leave it alone, and now that it's on paper, your brain in the background, all the synapses, all the neurons are working to co- collect resources so that they can resolve this answer. And then when you have that aha moment, I know exactly what needs to be done or how I need to approach this, that's what's happened there. I find it's a similar sort of thing when you're um, planning a, a travel you know you're going away for do to do something or other mm. and you know, there's always certain things you have to do just prior to leaving the house or in, in the week before you go sort of thing and i when i think of these things i write them down now because then i don't have to worry about remembering them all and then in that week before i look at my list and thinking oh yeah i remember that yes i haven't and you might suddenly think you look through your list and you think ah I forgot to include such and such, so I add that to the bottom of the list. And again, it then, at that last minute before you lock up, lock the door sort of thing, you've got a, a sort of a checklist already done. And that's fantastic, really, because it, it does mean that you can then relax at that point, knowing that you've, you know, you've turned the water off, you've um, locked the gate, and you've turned off the, you know, the... TV and all the rest of it sort of thing before you've you've left sort of thing for the weekend 
I think, I think Steve, we can agree that one of the biggest complaints that we both hear in, in the world today is that people are just so stressed out. Um, there, there's, there's, there's information coming at us from all angles. There is never a stopping moment where we can say, okay, enough off. We're just now getting into the habit, my husband and I, of shutting our phones off just because we can. There's no need to keep mm. everything on. But if you can have an actual practical tool that helps you relax, like Steve said, with this, with the lists, mm. right? If you know that there are things, actions, and steps that you can take, take a small step, set up the first list, and see how you do with it. It doesn't have to be on fancy paper. It can even be on a sticky mm. note that you slap into your planner. Because I often, and that's why I carry sticky notes or I have them around the house because I know that my planner is not going to be with me very often when I have a motivated moment to think about something I'd like to achieve. So I do, in fact, I collect six or seven post-it notes and slap them onto my planner pages. And as I go through them, they get removed and chucked or they get written down into future projects that I'm thinking about completing, but they're under some kind of order. But in order to get organized, yeah, in order to pull all the things that you think you're going to want to look at in your life, all the moving bits, you first have to take an inventory of them. And that's not necessarily available to everybody the way Marie Kondo says, to pull all the clothes out, to pull all the books mm. out. Um, that's probably going to cause a lot of chaos in, in one's mm. life. And so if you think that this might be better for you, I, I really like Steve's idea of having that final checklist before you leave the house. This is the same thing, except we're talking about creating empty space and not every nook and cranny in your home is meant to be cluttered. Not every cupboard has to be stuffed to the hilt. And I like this saying that when you, when you think about your perfect home, if you envision your perfect home, no one ever envisions a cluttered home. Right. So th that's exactly it is why is it why is it the way that it is and what can you do about it? And I think coming to terms with it and writing things down of what you'd like to see, coming up with a vision of what you think you'd like to experience feeling wise when you sit down and you start working. What are some of those visual cues that you think you need? Personally, I need empty space. Um, Steve mm. has just come to the conclusion with his uh, minimalist, he calls it his minimalist <laughs> desk. I, I, I kind of laugh because he's getting there and I want to encourage him. But there are people that, successful people, that don't have anything other than the task that they're working on in front of mm. them because everything else is a visual distraction. And even if you say, well, I'm not really distracted by it because I'm only looking at what I'm doing, still in the back of your mind, there is some kind of visual input that is being submitted while you're working on the task. And you don't, if you don't want any distractions, then that's exactly the, the way it should go. I'm, I'm more of a purist when it comes to that. Mine's, mine's getting back to how I used to work when I worked, of having a, a sort of clear desk policy. So beginning of the day the desk was empty apart from you know literally keyboard and monitor and that was it on the desk at the end of the day it had to also be clear you know for security reasons now i'm not going to get the back that far back but certainly it's a massive improvement compared to what it was in terms of what is still on the desk and like I, there are you know some things still here that could also um, start you know go and walk about fairly soon i think um one thing I'd like to stress is there's no right and wrong way of doing all this stuff. You know, how you sort of formulate your plans to sort of do this type of thing. You know, we've come up with a lot of suggestions, I think, that will help 
um, you sort of decide right this is the way I'm going to tackle it but you know you don't necessarily have to do everything the way we've suggested there's no right there's no wrong you know if you you'll sort of uh, discover yourself fairly quickly which is the quickest way and the more most efficient way um, in your own situation uh, of yeah. doing things you know books for instance sorting through books well not everybody has books in one just one bookcase do they they might have them in different bookcases in you know around the house sort of thing so it make that makes sense to me to just tackle it bookcase by bookcase because obviously if you've got lots and lots of books well you just, there's just the sheer task of moving them from one you know, this idea of moving all the books into one room and then sorting them out and then moving them all back again, you're going to be there forever just, you know, moving books sort of thing. If you can just sort of do them one bookcase at a time, fine. And then when you've done the last one, then then's the time to sort of start sort of you're thinking, well, all these empty spaces, right, now I've got space in which to reorganise them you know, to bring, say, subjects together or size and authors together or whatever, however right. you want them to be stored sort of thing. Um, that would give you plenty of opportunity to do that sort of thing. But it be, might be difficult early on to um, to do that. I would say my tip to you all in the Plannerverse is, because I've started my decluttering journey about three years ago, and I'm still on it, but it's my goodness has everything gotten so much easier uh, I would say the one tip I have for you is put things away they don't need to be out in the visual space I'm really enjoying having empty space in front of myself so if you if you can't put it in a drawer if it, the drawer is full empty it I, there is nothing that I have given away or sold that I've regretted there is nothing if there is something mm. that I've given away or sold that I find that oh I wish I had it I can still buy it it, there is absolutely nothing that I've given away that I'm looking or regretting and saying, man, I wish I shouldn't have given that away. Um, so go ahead and you can't take it with you. You cannot take it with you. That's the end end of the, the story on that one. I mean, at some point, we're going to... And gonna on that happy note. Walk off this phone. Happy, yeah, that wasn't meant to be morbid. Sorry about that, Plannerverse. <laughs> but yeah, so so Steve, where can we find you? You'll find me at the usual place of filofaxi.com, travelersnotebooktimes.com, and Mr. Filofaxi on Instagram. And where can we find you? You'll currently find me in the state of North Carolina. We have moved. And uh, you can also find me in, in, on Instagram at Kareen Tovmasian and throatpunchresumes.com and all over Facebook is Planerology and at planerology.com and probably sneaking around trying to scare Steve and he comes around a corner with his groceries. <laughs> so, so, yeah. <laughs> So thank you all every very much. And if don't forget, folks, if you've enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to like it, subscribe to it and share it.